This episode of the Section 109 podcast is brought to you by Operation Get Active. Operation Get Active uses the game of soccer to encourage young people in Chattanooga to live active, healthy lifestyles. Guys, it feels less drafty in here because we're missing a breezy. Hey. That's good. I was wondering where you were going. (laughs) Been thinking about that all day. uh, (laughs) Good job. Uh, Welcome into the Section 109 podcast. I'm your producer, Jay. With me, there is no breezy, but we have Matt and we have, I almost said Matt and Coniglia. We have Matt (laughs) and Smitty with me. And then we also have a special guest. Who's our special guest, Matt? We've got CFC Managing Director, Jeremy Allenbaugh. Welcome. Welcome back. Yeah, yes. great, great to be here. Always so, a pleasure when he comes. This is the third time, as we were just discussing. Yeah, we remember. We yeah. think. We, 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 we really don't remember. <laughs> uh, See, but that's why we need Breezy because he would say, "Yeah, it was episode dude. nineteen and episode forty-two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Miss you, Breezy. Absolutely. Hey, uh, we just released uh, a couple days ago a, a video pod. The day that we're recording this, we released it, which would be two days ago. And if you haven't gone and watched it. Maybe you hate our takes and our rankings. We don't really care. I mean, but, they for sure hate mine. Yeah. <laughs> but the nostalgia of going back and watching 20 CFC goals from the past is pretty awesome. It is two hours long, but it is worth every two hours. Some great banter, some funny jokes, some good Juan puns, <laughs> um, and some other stuff. So if you haven't gone back and watched that or listened, it's uh, it's also we have our um, audio only as well on the same platform that you're listening to us on right now, just one episode back, you can go and check that out. I recommend it. But definitely watch it on YouTube. Yeah, you should like it's go way, watch It's way it. better yeah. with the goals. Right, because you get better to see the goal. With There's the facial a... expressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Sindre's mind being absolutely blown. <laughs> that one's so good. <laughs> yeah. So many good memories. So, yeah. many, so many awesome things to see. So, hey, let's uh, let's hit a couple things real, real quick, and then we'll get into the meat of the segment. Um, um, down. So this week we also released uh, some information about the No Matter What documentary premiere. Ooh. Thursday, I'm so ready for that. Thursday, March 11 at 8 p.m. on PBS. Uh, we're not going to touch on the, the documentary too much uh, on this show because we will have Owen Seaton on in just a few weeks. Correct. Uh, also, and we don't want to take away from his time editing. And if you go, oh my gosh, why are they not going to talk about it now? You can go back and watch our first ever video on YouTube, which was with Owen right after the announcement of the doc existing happened. Well done. No problem. I do remember that. Can't tell you, <laughs> can't tell you numbers, but I know that we have two videos on YouTube and I know both of them. But yeah, you can totally go back and listen for more details on that if you don't know anything, which you should. It's amazing. So uh, also, and since the last time we were able to talk about some some business items, uh, we have signed Tate Robertson, Ooh. Phil D'Amico. Hey. hey yo, welcome back. Uh, and then just recently this week, uh, left back Jame Kasich. Oh my gosh. It's I exciting. There, there was a, uh, <laughs> the chat of hooligans. I don't know. You probably have something to do with this. Posted on Twitter. No comment. Like, welcome home. And then the tweet after that was, this is a Kazakhstan account. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that happened today. Matthew, uh, that. that's 100% you. It has to be. <laughs> it's okay, the one after that was worse. Oh, oh, I didn't see that one. This is why I'm not on Twitter anymore. The uh, the North the north uh, stands of Finley will, will just now be known as the Kazakh stand. I, Yikes. We, we need the... Once like, he scores 60 goals from a left-back position, I'm down with it. And then we're going to sell him for a lot of money, I yeah. hope. <laughs> 
Jay, do we not have a bad map pun drop yet? No, we don't. I still haven't. Dude, work's been busy. I need to get on that. We really need to do that right after this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeremy, we need to custom make it. I mean, it's going to be the most used button. You know what? Oh. After this, let's make it. Okay. You, but you're you're going to be the voice. Okay, I'll be. I I, I know you're down. Voice. So a hundred percent. That's okay. good. Uh, Jeremy, just real briefly, uh, you want to you want to say anything about our, our three new signings? Yeah, let's um, let's start with Phil, right? Start with the yep. returner. Well, sort of quote air quotes. If you can't, we're not on YouTube today, so air quotes returner. <laughs> but no, excited to have him back. Actually, he was in the office today. Um, stopped in to catch up with Jordan and you know just get organized on some things. And my guess is talk to Jordan about getting some training with those two going ahead yep. of time a little bit. But you know Phil brings uh, a presence, you know some history, you know a little bit of. Um, experience in some big games and you know somebody that mm-hmm. really really wants to be here and it's difficult because sometimes when somebody gets away from the game um you know sometimes the natural instinct is you know well you know they really want to be back do they want to be back but circumstances being what they were couldn't be more excited to get him back and i think that peter and bill and jordan spent a lot of time talking to him you know once the season was over and they started having those conversations and look we had a good list of goalkeepers we, we had a really good list at the end of the day, he was at the top of it. And, you know, they're excited about him. And I think the um, relationship that him and Alec have had, and then, look, um, Phil's going to come in and, and he's going to battle because Alec is now a pro. He's got some experience. But we definitely... Also played in some big games now. Played in some uh-huh. big games too. But we we definitely knew at the end of the year that, um, you know, we needed to create some competition there. Yep. And this is definitely going to to bring it. So we're I excited re- to have him back. I think they're going to lift each other. I'm really excited oh, yeah. to see to see how that goes because they're both super competitive, super athletic, yep. and they're goalkeepers. They're yep. insane, right? So they're gonna they're gonna do well with each other. Yeah, I can't wait. Absolutely. Um, so there, then you go into we'll go into today's. You know, so a good left back with attacking qualities, which you know you really want out of your outside backs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ability to get forward, ability to get service in the box, still good defensive traits and qualities, which he has played in a great program at Virginia Tech. He's played against, you know, big names, drafted by Sporting Kansas City. Yep. What a lot of people don't know, and you can't put this in a press release because it just doesn't fit or make sense, but you can do it on a podcast, which is a, another great reason to be on a podcast and talk about these things, is was in Sporting Kansas City. They were looking at him for Sporting Kansas City, too, after getting drafted, which is where most MLS draft choices are going to end up, you know, yep. on, a, on a reserve team, USL team, what have you. <clears throat> Had a chance to go into Birmingham, an independent team, and you know, as opposed to being on a on a two team, and you know, Sporting Kansas City said, "Yeah, sure, go for it." You know, we'll keep in touch. Goes there, bam, pandemic, he's out, and Ugh. now it's tough to get back in. Right, there's it was difficult yeah. last year to get back into a place. So, um, you know, visited with the guys in Kansas City, got the people in Birmingham's take. Peter and Bill again, just you know, turning over every rock to see what this kid is about, what he wants to do, and um, he brings you know some talents that you that you need you know, out of that left side of the field and, you know, good, like I said, good defender, but really good attacking habits too. So excited to see him. Yeah. And as I recall, he went back to Virginia tech, uh, during the, during the time where he wasn't playing to, to finish his degree, mm-hmm. uh, and probably played a little bit with them. Yeah. I'm practice. sure he's, yeah, he's been training with them and, you know, doing all the things that guys do in the off season to be creative with workouts and yeah. all those things. So good to have him. And then the last one I think was the first one we announced. Tate. Yes. Tate. So this this is this is Fuller's guy, man, and I would say Bill's guy too. They this was the number one target that they had, you know, early in in the off season. You know, they had saw, seen him play at a combine up in Nashville, fell in love with his passing range, his bite, his tenacity, 
you know, he's, um, you know, not the, the biggest or the tallest guy, but he is tough and he brings a bite to the midfield, but he's versatile, which is a common theme. I think at lower levels for teams that are successful is you have to sign guys that can play multiple positions. You could see him at right back. You could see him as a holding midfielder. You could see him playing higher up the field and he's even played wide, but he was a captain for Stumptown. Um, played you know, played against us. Yep, mm-hmm. and, you know, and had a great, uh, you know, great free kick in the spring season before that all got shut down. So he brings some things that really uh, we were looking for, you know, mainly in that midfield. But he can play some other spots too. Nice, that's awesome. Yep, we're excited to have him in. Yeah, welcome home. Uh, welcome back home to Phil, uh, but welcome home to everybody. You know, we we say this all the time, but once a blue, always a blue. And yeah, we will. We we seriously live true to that. So we're really excited to have you guys. Uh, last thing about about roster stuff. Uh, obviously, we're still filling out some some positions, and uh, I, I assume there will be some more news as we get closer to the season. But we also have tryouts coming up. Yeehaw! February twenty first. Here we go. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, I think it's, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. No, I think it's um it's important for for us as a club, and I think community clubs you know, to offer these opportunities. And look, we have some guys that are invited coming in now that we've had a, a full, well, not a full year. <laughs> we've had a professional year. The calendar year. The reputation that this club has had as, a, as an outstanding amateur club has just followed it into the pros. And now there's agents and guys that are looking to send players here for that, that trial. So we're, you know, there'll be a wide gamut of, of people coming out, but we're we're excited to see. And there's definitely some spots that, we still need to fill, and you know we'll look in uh, at hard at that day and see what's out there. And most likely, like every year, somebody's going to get an invite to preseason from that opportunity, yeah. mm-hmm. and then we go from there and see who takes advantage of it. But it's you know for me, I think it's a little bit, and I definitely have got the feel here for the culture of CFC that this is like this is like you know in baseball. I know you guys always say inside inside baseball, so I'll just it's like pitchers and catchers showing up, right? This yeah. is the sign of life. Like uh-huh. it's here. It's, like, the, it's the unofficial start of the it's, season. It's the unofficial, yeah. and so that's exciting. And I know it's different that we can't you know get together and tailgate and do those things before this, but I do think it's um you know a big sign of of life for the upcoming season. I'm looking forward to it. Great baseball reference. Nobody understands that pitchers and catchers show up earliest, right? So that is the real um, sign of life for the season. That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Matt or Smitty, you guys take us into the next segment. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so we've had some exciting news come recently talking about Nisa's involvement with UWS. Um, so thinking about that, what, is, what does it mean for the lower division um, amateur uh, women's soccer? And maybe lower division pro. Yeah, Absolutely. I think the first thing that it means is that, um, you know, anytime there's an alignment with um, a couple of leagues that a lot of communication and a lot of conversations have occurred to get to this point, because there's obviously a lot of things at stake. When you talk about affiliations or alliances, you have egos, you have different you know, thoughts of opinion, especially no way. there's no egos. I know there's no egos in, in lower level <laughs> soccer, in the United States, men's or women's. Um, but I think what it means is that, you know, UWS has proven themselves over the last couple of years. Obviously, WPSL has, you know, got a number of teams as a stronghold in certain areas. But UWS has done a really good job in terms of how they're structuring their league, what they're putting together. Um, so I think for lower division amateur soccer. I think it continues to show a pathway, you know, into a league that, you know, is um, standing for certain things and is well run and has the the setup. And I think it, what it does also allow is, 
you know, some men's amateur teams that are maybe looking at Nisa Nation or playing one of the affiliated leagues to now maybe feel like they have a natural alliance for, Mm -hmm. you know, perhaps a women's side. If they've had a women's side that maybe plays in a local league and they're taking a jump or they haven't had a women's side and they're looking to, you know, make that, um, that transition. So it gives them a natural place to look, but I think it, um, it also brings confusion to the marketplace. Let's, (laughs) let's be honest because, you know, there's, you know, a couple of leagues now at that level, but as we've seen on the men's side, that's important. It's important that people can find the right fit, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. We can agree and disagree about what the fit is, but there's some choices. And I think this, um, this alliance is going to mean some, some really exciting things moving forward. The, Who's heading that up? What's her name? Carrie Taylor. Carrie Taylor. She was on uh, the United States of Soccer the other day with Jason Davis. Gave a great interview. Um, I think you can go catch that. I think they have it on demand on online. It is a really good in-depth interview. And, and Jason Davis is the kind of guy who asks the tough questions, mm-hmm. um, makes it really obvious, and kind of it's black and white. Um, what does that mean for the return of the CFC Women's Club? We'll just, we'll just ask it point, team, point blank. <laughs> Come out, Coming at you with come the out heat. firing. No, that's good. I mean, I think what it means is that we now have some options. And, you know, a year ago, we were sitting here and having these conversations about hopefully announcing, you know, our plan was to announce in the summer of 2020 around the Wolfsburg game and some of what that relationship is turning into. But at that point, we were still undecided between, you know, UWS and, and WPSL. So I think what it means now is that there's some, some choices. As we've seen, and I've said this before, you know, this club has been through some league scenarios. Let's just call it. You know, you had <laughs> NPSL Pro was going to happen, not happen, turn into the Members Cup. Some people were in, some people were out. So I think it was, what, it was the Founders Cup, then the Members Cup. There, there, Cup, there was right. there was the Nisa before it, before Nisa died. Yep. Yeah. Phase so, <laughs> then came back to life. <laughs> we one, get it. At one point, there was Division Zero or Four or something. Oh, I don't Lord. know, but I think what we have what it means is that you know that there's um, some choices in, in some things there that uh, we're gonna have to you know continue to sort out where does it best fit because I think a year ago if you would ask me my answer would be a little bit different than it is now in terms of, of course. where are we headed right and I think the other piece too is with the pro thing you know and we've known about this for you know a handful of weeks behind the scenes it's something that we have to kick the can around and see does it make sense? Does WPSL make sense? Does UWS in this area? It's nobody's. Um, uh, this is no surprise, but there's a lack of UWS presence, and they've yeah. been working hard. And we've had tons of conversations with them in the fall as we were looking at some things. But you know, until you get a, a stronghold, you have to take some hard looks. But there's no doubt that we kind of know where our path is headed. We just need some time to you know iron that out, work on some of these things behind the scenes that we can't, can't put out there publicly. Um, but you know, there, there's going to be, there's going to be some information and I think some steps and some visible steps publicly that show our support, where we're going, even if we don't know if it's fully pro in this league or fully amateur in this league, that we are headed, um, that way in 22. And, you know, we got to get that out public, the public things that we can do. We have to get that out there. Mm -hmm. That's important. And I understand that, but I don't want to roll out something half ass and, um, we need to have some full answers and we're getting closer. There's a group. 
that is meeting once a month now. And, you know, that uh, pandemic kind of slowed down those meetings. Of course. But, you know, we're, we're further along than what it looks like publicly. That's probably the most I can say on that. Well, now, it's, keep, keep... now it's public, you saying that they're further along. So here no, you go, folks. Well, no, nobody listens. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's, the, that's, wow. that's, the other, that's the other pod that nobody listens Continue to. That. Everybody listens Correct to it. yours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I began to understand what you were saying, so I just shut up and let you finish that <laughs> statement. So what are some things that would need to happen to um, make it to where you could announce something? The biggest thing that we have to do is really get a grasp on what does the potential professional sanctioning look like? You know, I think, um, is that something that's going to happen in 22? Is that something that the club is prepared for? Or do we need to get back into the game on the amateur side and, you know, um, have a slower ramp up to maybe look at this? So we have to, but we don't know again, are they going to go towards Division Two sanctioning, Division Three? Um, if it is amateur, does that fit into our club culture more? Where in NISA we have this fall season, the spring season, we have the Independent Cup, and obviously our spring season is we're going to sure talk about later is going to go through the end of June. So does the women's amateur fit into the summer, and does it fit where we are as a club, or does the pro thing fit? So we just have to learn a little bit more about what it means. Um, We've gotten bits and pieces of information about what you know the professional opportunity looks like. Was on an expansion committee call yesterday for NISA, and we then shifted into some UWS talk. So we just need some more answers, um, both internally as well as from the league and and some other areas. But you know, it's uh, it's moving. So is it mostly is it mostly league related than you would, you would think, like league and format related? Before you can start like really drilling down to like here's kind of a timeline, you know, let's start looking at technical staff type people or, or what exactly? No offense to technical staff, but that's one of the last pieces you have to look at. And I saw something on social media a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, we have to name a coach tomorrow and then I know we're making progress. No, that's wrong. We have to make progress on the business side. We have to get, and I know that does, that's a four letter word, but we have to figure out, we are not going to ask elite amateur women to come here and sleep on people's couches or, you know, sleep on a sleeping bag on the floor and have, you know, four people in a room. They're going to be treated the same way that we treated an elite men's amateur team mm-hmm. for years. And if we go pro, we have to do the same thing. So those are the questions. It's not so much that piece. It's more of, you know, trying to sort through some of those things to see where are we and what can we what can we support and, and where are things. The other thing is that, you know, NISA is a challenge. It's a, it's a challenge on the men's side. And if all of a sudden UWS is a similar challenge, and by challenge I mean you got three clubs in California, you got three in the central part, and then you got three out east, from a travel standpoint, that's a big commitment. If the women's side looks like that, then maybe a year or two as an amateur as it builds and builds would be the better way for us to go. But we have to be able to roll it out properly and we're just not there yet i think what you're saying for for somebody like me who's a simpleton is longevity is the key like you can't just start something that says oh we're pro and then it it doesn't make sense on the business side and so it doesn't exist the year after that you're trying to make something that's going to last yeah i think i I, so like your answer there dovetails a little bit for what my next question was what was going to be which was that one of the major criticisms Mm -hmm. of the prior administration before you were here when it came to the women's team is that it was not treated. uh, It was certainly not treated as well as the men's team. It was just kind of a box to check. Um, So it's, it's, I think it's a good thing to hear that we're serious about whatever level they play at. It will be treated as a high level um, 
you know, the way we would treat an men's NPSL team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, I think that's incredibly important for, for supporters like myself to, to hear that like we're committed to that. Yeah, but one of the things that we that I heard when I first got here, and this was on the conference. I mean, my first uh, board meeting I got here the day after the announcement was this was on the agenda, and I think you know Galen and Jonathan and Claire came, and I don't know if you were there, but came and presented to us, and we spoke about it, and it was like my second. I wasn't even on the job yet, but it was the second day. <laughs> it's like okay, and one of the first things we heard was that you know the when we had the women's team previously that you know they didn't have the same training gear, they didn't train the same place, they didn't travel the same way. We we're not. I'm not gonna. Like do six it. people were sleeping at the uh, at the GM's uh, yes. house. And that's not that's not anything that I want to be a part of. So until we can get to that level where we know that we can operate it how it needs to. The other thing is is the research side. So up the road we got Louisville City, who just now added an NWSL team. Sounds like Sacramento is going to do the same. LAFC is doing the same. So those are there's com- been rumors about Atlanta as well. Okay, yeah, I did not know that one. So those are conversations that we can have to say. How are you? How are you dealing with two pro teams in the same in the same club? Is it two different brands? Which most of them it looks like Angel City, LAFC, Racing. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that maybe the way we do it? Because that's not, I don't believe, how it's done in the rest of the world. So right. if we're a club that believes in the global game and what the global game stands for, you know, from a branding standpoint, or how do we market it? Is it the same? Is it two different names? Those are the things that we have to do more research and have those conversations with those people that are going through it now. So you know, when we do hit the ground with this, it's, um, it's able to take off and we're not stubbing our toe out of the gate with a different brand. Everybody's like, Whoa, what's this going on? Or, you know, Hey, why is, you know, why are we going amateur, not pro right? Well, here's why we're not going pro right away. We're going amateur Mm -hmm. because we want to do it right. So those are the lengthy conversations, the technical side, the recruitment of players, all that. Again, no offense. I've been on the technical, that's the easy (laughs) side. You know what I mean? It's getting everything else buttoned up. How many, how many, uh, Dates can we play at Finley? You know, what does that look like? You double everybody's like double headers, double no. Does he no, really no, want to go? No, nobody, but, no. but those are the things that we hear, right? And should there be one or two? I think there should. There should be one or two, but it can't be a season full because that's not fair. Because then, you know, one team's always playing at five, one's playing at eight, and it's just a long day for supporters, for staff. It's just it's that's it's not that simple. Yeah. And that's the thing, is is not a, a simple thing if you want to do it right. We could roll it out this summer, it'd be can I swear on here or no? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's up to you. Okay. No, yeah. I'm comfortable with that. That's who I am. <laughs> it would, if you watch our video pod, you'll understand. Okay. That we are. I mean, that, <laughs> we can roll it out but in 21, but it'd be shit. And that's not what I'm about. And I don't think that's what the board and, and the people are about either. So we, we got to get it right. We're getting closer, but I know we're not there. And I know, I know people are anxious, pissed, upset. I get it. I truly do. But when it comes out, it, it needs to be done right. Yeah, for sure. I think the uh, the part the part about uh, about like like two different brands, the same brand. I think that's an interesting one, and I think this pod in a future day could have some hot ticks about that because I think I'm I think I'm a one club, one city, one club kind of guy. I think I think I am. Yeah, I mean it's a community club, so you know represent the community, have that, and I think that's pretty important. So. I mean, I think I'd go so far as to be like, this is the women's first team of Chattanooga football club. And like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you differentiate that, but like all of our branding, like I mean, our main, like, you know, social media accounts, I feel like it's the CFC account. Like the women are playing women's updates and the men are playing men's updates. Yeah. And I mean like the girls that are playing in the CFC Academy, you know, we don't want that. We want that to 
be still aligned and not have to have a rebranding thought or conversation there too. Yeah. I, I'm, we I'm should, in, we I'm should on Detroit city, city a little bit over, over here. Uh, Cause we can, and it's fun, but like, I think they've done this a really in the right way. Yeah. Um, like I said, I hate their fans. I don't. I don't hate the administration. <laughs> I like the and administration. I would, I would tend to agree, but I think we're not doing our due diligence if we don't dig in. I think we should absolutely like have the questions. Oh yeah, because uh, sure. do I'm the in research. Full alignment with Smitty. Like this is this is Chattanooga Football Club. You know, and whether it's the foundation, the youth, mm-hmm. the women's side, or the men's, it's Chattanooga Football Club. It, that's what it is. But you know, I think we need to look um, and, and do some digging. And you know, from a partnership standpoint in the community with corporate partners. What do they want to align with? They want to align with the same. You know, there's just a lot there that we are we are working on it. And like I said, I understand the frustration, but the last thing we want to do is just roll out something to roll it out. It has to be has to be done right. And we have to learn from some of the mistakes that occurred during the transition from amateur to pro on the men's side and not make those, you know, because the other thing is that some of the clubs that were looking at coming together um, on the women's side for UWS or W. USL is going to have a women's league too. So what yeah. does that do to the market? Does that, so we need to be patient, but we, we need to show progress and we will. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, ha- let's move on to a completely different topic. Let's go to the, uh, some of the men's side stuff. Let's do it. Uh, we are here in Chattanooga hosting the NISA spring, uh, not a preseason cause it's, cause it's a regular season, uh, but tournament. It's official competition. Uh, a little, a little tournament before, before the regular regular season gets underway. Can I can I say something? Yeah. Sure. Hell yes. Yeah, I mean it's pretty awesome that it's yes. here. Like it's it's actually fantastic. It's freaking awesome. I love the fact that it's here. We're getting Matt, to to do something on the map of soccer. Lay the foundation. Are you going to every game? Uh, I cannot comment on that without seeing the schedule first. I'm going to take that as a yes, as I, long as he does not have a trip to Nashville. I will. I will from not scheduled for work. I will not He's commit to going to be at every game. I will not commit to publicly going to every single game without knowing when the games are, uh, and and if I am available to attend. I feel like that's the proper thing to do. Okay. Also, it's the middle of legislative session. Like <laughs> that may not be a good idea. <laughs> Speaking of legislation, you're doing a good job of sitting on the fence. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> brilliant! Oops. That was good. Um, okay, so let's 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 differentiate a little bit here for this first question. CFC games. Uh, the The press releases have said that the the goal is we want to have fans, reduce capacity. Mm-hmm. Probably all kinds of COVID protocols, things like that. But we want to have fans. How is that going to look for CFC games versus non-CFC games? There's some details that I can't share yet because it's not public. But you know, fans will be able to go to every game. Uh, what does it look like from a production or run a show? Will be a little bit different for a CFC game versus a, a non-CFC game. But you know, we want the experience for the players and the people that come to the game to not feel any difference. So mm-hmm. it's going to be behind the scenes a little bit where it's felt. But, you know, um, one of the big reasons why we said we were willing to host is because of the facility we have. It's got great sidelines yeah. for TV. It's set up for TV. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's got um, four locker rooms. So if when you have double headers, everybody has a locker room, which is very important now in, in a COVID standpoint because yep. you have to fog them, clean them, all that stuff. So we felt that we had a, a city, a club, and a facility that was ready to host this thing. So we want to put on, we want to put on a show, and we want to make sure that whether you're playing against CFC or if it's 
San Diego, you know, versus Michigan Stars. It doesn't feel any different to the to the you know to the teams and the supporters and the fans that do travel. One of the coolest stories was the day after it gets announced, I get a random phone call to the office phone. I happen to grab it. It's a guy, um, a Detroit City fan. He's in Florida, driving home to Michigan. You know, he's probably you know driving home from the you know living down there in the winter or whatever. He's like, you know, when tickets go on sale? I'm like, oh, he goes, well, the, uh, you know, traveling fans, supporters get to allocate tickets. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, sure. We'll take, <laughs> take you out. And he's like, well, um, those apartments across the street from the stadium. I'm like, um, there's a couple. He's like, uh, I go, stadium view? They're brand new. He goes, yeah, yeah. I got an Airbnb there. I'm going to be there all, I'm going to be there for like seven days. Holy cow. He's like, cool. Oh, all right. Awesome. You know what I mean? So we want that guy to have the same experience that you guys do on a game okay. day. Nice. Mm-hmm. So it's going to look the same you know, publicly, um, but behind the scenes, there'll be some different, you know, elements that go. But if you want to come to every game, you're going to have that opportunity. I hate DCFC fans, 0.005% less. Except for that, except for that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's, awesome. that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that is really cool. It was cool. Um, and I know this has been put out um, on social media, and I'm going a little bit uh, away from the, the doc here, but Jay. will there be throw ball? AKA American football lines on the field. That has been a question and that is That's a lot a of people great are question. concerned about wanting to not have those. So I figured I would go ahead and post that question. The good news is no throw ball. Those will be covered, but we're going to have lacrosse field hockey and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So no, we'll, uh, part of the, you know, the dates and a baseball diamond. Yeah, exactly. The dates being the the way they are. It's you know, I think it starts in the thirteenth. I think that's what it came out on something the like that. It's like, why would you start on a Tuesday? Well, partly because you know the field's got to get switched over, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So it is important. It's look, it's important to us, and you know, we will do it whenever we can. And this is absolutely one of the times where we can. It's awesome. Perfect. I love it. Yep. Um. So for those uh, people that are not going to be able to make the trip, whether they're they're out of town. Uh, or they're in town and they can't get to a game for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they're still not 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 comfortable wading into, you know, distance even distance crowds of people, which is totally fine. Uh, how are they going to watch these games? <laughs> is that the is it on my Cujo or somewhere else? Question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it on somewhere else besides my Cujo? <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I thought we couldn't swear, so my Cujo is a four letter word. Um, <laughs> those details will come out, but I would say it's going to look very similar to the fall. Okay. So. Uh, full production, mm-hmm. you know, where it all ends up and the details. Um, that was a great production. Yep. Yeah. And we learned from that production, so I think it'll be even better. It's cool. awesome. I like it. So okay. do you think this could lead into something bigger on the broadcast front with Nisa in the future? Or like in the regular season yeah. after the bubble? I think things are trending that way. I think we we now, the big thing about a new league, and we're just talking about <clears throat> perhaps a new women's league and, you know, such that way, is... You know, the hard thing is you have to, you have to have some um, you know po- uh, proof points. I don't know if that's a word or a phrase or not, but you have to have a little proof, right? And mm-hmm. now we have that from from the Detroit thing. That goes for for sponsors, for uh, officials, for you know TV broadcasts, all that. So now that we have some of that, I do think things are. It is a focus um, of the league for 2021 is increasing the standards and and look, we have to <clears throat> increase our own too. You know, in terms of the broadcast and such, but. I do think there are some things that fans are going to enjoy uh, that will be in play for the regular season component. Um, that's what I've been told. Great. And I think they are trending that way. So um, I know we're up in our game, and I think some other people are, and I think there'll be a, a league initiative with some things, too, from a league standpoint. You guys must have listened to our New Year's Resolution podcast. <laughs> I, know. 
I threw it in our Slack channel to our <laughs> front office staff. I didn't throw it to the other front office staff. But, um, You're welcome to do that as well. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, the more numbers, the better. Yeah, so They want to hear what real fans sound like. I was I was trying to make a point of they need to up their standards and I, listen to us, not that we need to boost our numbers on the list. I don't know if I don't know if we up anybody's standards. Yeah. I don't want to head down head down a rabbit hole, but um, you know, <laughs> let's go. But let's head down Feel a free, hole. yeah. So <laughs> it's rabbit know, season. Uh, one of the things that, so over you know, got settled in a new house, get you know the TV set up, and I think I've said before, and you're a massive hockey fan, not just NHL, not just the blues, but just like hockey in general. One of the things I realized is that every lower league, minor league, whatever you want to call it, high level amateur league hockey, those games are they're on a pay they're behind a paywall. And if you think about from a lower level soccer, we are probably one of the only leagues yep. you know, that is not behind some sort of paywall right now. Um, yeah. And that's true. something if we you know, and look, it has to be done right and you know, but we get comments from people like, Look, as soon as the games go, you know, behind a paywall, I'm done with my annual pass. I'm out. I'm that's I'm not gonna do that. It's part of being a fan is having okay, I understand that. But it's one of the things that we have to look at the broadcast quality is what it is from some of our you know, um, Nisa clubs and from ourselves at some time, mm-hmm. I wouldn't pay for that either. But if we raise it, I do think that's something I'm not, this is, I'm not leaking anything. I'm just want to get feedback from you guys. Cause like USA, USHL hockey is a, you know, the number one junior hockey league in the Midwest. And yep. those games are on hockey TV. But when you subscribe to that and it's not very much, but you get a crap ton of hockey, you know, the AHL, the ECHL, even the Knoxville guys, the Southern premier hockey league, the ice those, bears. Yeah. yeah. The ice bears. Those are all behind paywalls. And, well, I mean, even like the USL Championship and USL right. League One is behind. Like, that's little, the ESPN Plus. It's a little different. You get more mm-hmm. on the ESPN Plus, yeah. which is one of the things that we're going to have to overcome as a league. If you, whoever you align with, or do do your own thing. But I don't know. It it's it could be coming. I'm, I, it's not going to happen in the spring. But I'm just curious to get your guys' thoughts. Like, if it was done right, let's say it had independent cup, some of these affiliations. If it had, I'm going to say NPSL. I don't know. But if it had UWS Women. And it was just soccer TV, like the hockey TV channel. Is that something that people would be like, you know what, five bucks a month and I get all that? Yeah, I would. Or mm, no, just give me the crappy Mike Cujo. And I'm just curious. I'm paying it. I mean, I, I would pay it for sure. Yeah. Uh, but also, all of us in this room spend a lot of money yeah, yeah, on yeah. CFC. We're the, wrong, we're the wrong people to ask. Not us. everybody can do that. So mm-hmm. definitely not the demographic. Um, no, but that's what I if we get better broadcasts, I'll pay however much a month you want. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I pay, I, I pay for a lot of subscriptions. I, I pay the hockey one as well. Cause I, I'm a big Preds fan. So I watch the Milwaukee Admirals. Um, but I, but I like, well, it'll be, it'll be like, you know, Wednesday at midnight and I'll be sitting there and my wife watches friends and I'm like, Ugh, I, I, I can only stand so much friends. So I turn it on. And I'm like, Hey, there's a West coast game going on. I don't know. Might as well check it out. See if the affiliates are playing. Like I would love to do that. Even if it is for NPSL or other leagues, you know, that are on the same tier I, or below us. I think, I, I think the, the thing that would make it really worthwhile for, uh I bet for for a lot of fans in, you know, here Detroit places like that, um, is that if there was, if there was, if it was, there were made sure that there was some sort of easy way to get games onto a TV mm-hmm. at a bar. Mm-hmm. So like we could do yes. we could do away watch parties without having trying to figure out if we can Chromecast my Kuju to 
a screen that may or may not work. Right, and then restaurants are going to want to pay for that so that they can show the game. So you're adding more people mm-hmm. to a yeah. subscription. Or even, base. or even it's like a value add as a part of a, some sort of like partnership type deal. Right. Uh, I think there's a, I think there's a really cool potential there that would make it worthwhile for, um, for for the leagues and for the teams. And I mean, obviously, like either either you have some sort of subscription base. Or the league and its clubs have to invest up front. Cracks a beer in the middle of a sophisticated statement. I know. Love it. <laughs> and it's a Bud Red, too. It's the classiest. <laughs> complete side note, you want to know why I have a bunch of Bud Heavies? Yes, I would love to. Uh, I saw a uh, total absolute press release uh, from Budweiser that they weren't doing a Super Bowl commercial this year. And they were donating like a million bucks that they would have spent on the Super Bowl commercial to COVID, to, relief. Like, COVID relief and yeah. vaccine distribution. Did they have a commercial anyway? They had a Bud Light commercial. It doesn't count. Doesn't count. Budweiser. Wasn't, hey, wasn't it, Budweiser. It wasn't not, the Clydesdales. It's not the Clydesdales, baby. <laughs> Still the words out of my mouth. So I bought a twenty-four pack. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the the last question that we have about the spring tournament, so that we can con- continue moving on. Um, stadium COVID protocols. I know that we learned a lot from what we mm-hmm. did um, in the fall. Um, what did we learn, and you know what may look different from the, the last time we some of us went to a CFC game? I think, you know, the majority of the protocols will still be in place. Um, you know, some of the things we're looking at is in terms of uh, ingress into the stadium and some new methods in terms of, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to happen, so I don't want to say it. But just in terms of coming in the stadium and some protocols that would, that would occur, nothing, you know, earth-shattering or anything that way. But, you know, for the most part, the fall games went off pretty well and we got, you know, good yeah. positive feedback. Yeah. So. Not a ton that we it. need to change. I think the biggest thing is what is our world going to look like on April 13th compared to whatever mm-hmm. today is. Yeah. Um, it could change a lot. So it's too hard. It's too early to say, but know that we, you know, have gone through all the protocols and a lot of things are going to stay the same. Like there won't be field access for, you know, photographers and, um, you know, video and stuff like that just because of the players and they're going to still be in a bubble you know, in a hotel and they're not going to be able to, you know, live their life, so to speak during those couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of those things will be in play, but in terms of fan experience, um, you know, I thought it was, it was pretty good, pretty buttoned up. We'll, um, we, we know we got to staff up in a few things now that we have the midfield club seats. So those chair back seats are, you know, reserved. And, um, so we get with the staff up there with some, some different things, but, um, you know, and I think Finley has uh, made some upgrades and some changes as well to the overall, you know, um, type of experience there. But not a ton as of today. But I think we'll know more as we get closer to the tournament. Okay, let's uh, let's pivot out of the tournament then uh, and head to the regular season. So Nisa, as a part of, uh, kind of announced their format and eight game regular season will play everybody once, either home or away. Um, any any indications on when we're going to get a schedule? <laughs> Wouldn't be a, you, you're just sneaking a look at the show doc there, and I just took a pivot on you there. Wouldn't be a supporters uh, podcast without getting asked about a schedule. That's been the history of every podcast I've ever been on in, in, the, month of, in the month of February since 2015. Um, I, I would say the regular season schedule towards the end of this month. Hey. Okay. Okay. February is a short month, so everybody yeah. hold on your horses. <laughs> We're getting there. Um, you know, but uh, still finalizing all the details for the tournament. We have a pretty good idea of what that's going to look like. Obviously, with nine clubs, it's unique and it's yeah. different, so it has some challenges. But 
again, I think that we're in a pandemic. You have to look at things differently, and I think that's okay. And I think this league and this club looks at things differently, so I think it'll be fun. The regular season will be a little bit easier. You know, you have your four home, four away. Somebody's somebody's in a bye week. Yeah, so you're looking at, at some of those pieces. But um, it should be done towards the end of this month, if not just a little bit into March from what I was told yesterday. Okay. Sweet. So coming out of the regular season, going into playoffs, will it be a bubble type situation like we had before in Detroit or, is it, or is you know, it for like shorter? Yeah. I mean, like it's just a, it's just a semifinal and a final. So it's just a. So in terms of how does it work? Yeah. Yeah. So if you win the tournament, you get a spot in the playoffs. And if you win the regular season, you'll play that tournament winner. And the winner of that will play Detroit in the final. Courtesy of winning the winning the fall. Gotcha. Well, I so, wonder what would have happened if Oakland had won the fall. Who we don't luckily, yeah. Who I was going to go into that, but who? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, the tournament then has got a major thing at stake. So you talk about yeah, it's huge. games with intensity. Is you know, you win that tournament, you can pretty much kiss off the regular season, <laughs> you know, and just because you're in you're in the semi. So except it's, the players can't because they're still playing for their jobs. Yeah, yeah. So unless they're on a multi-year contract, so then they can, you know, coast through. But no, it should be fun. So there's, it'll be intense. There'll be a lot going on. And then the regular season, obviously, will have things at stake as well because I'm not going to say Detroit, but let's say whoever wins the spring, let's say CFC wins the spring tournament and we're in first place in the regular season. So now it's a fight for two, right? Because we're already in. Mm -hmm. So it's got some really interesting elements. I think that, you know, I made a joke that I think we should go like strict, like double elimination intramural, you know, floor <laughs> hockey tournament type style just to make it different. And this is pretty close, but I think it shows that this league is willing to look at things differently. Everybody's going to get home games, revenue opportunities for fans to be able to, you know, get out and see their club play. And then um, we get the tournament thing to kind of start. And, you know, we're going to be the focal point for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, you know, eyeball in soccer is going to be on us because. You know, MLS doesn't start till the seventeenth. Yep. I don't know when the other guys are starting. Um, probably, you know, think, probably May. Yeah, May. What it sounds like. So should be really, should be really fun. And those eyes are not just on these clubs; they're going to be on our city and on Chattanooga. Yep. Yes. And that's that's huge. That's really big. That's amazing. So, I, I, one thing I will yeah, say: go for the, it. the the format of the pre not preseason tournament. Sorry, the spring tournament. The fact that you do there, there's weight added by saying if you win then you get in so it is because you may say a tournament feels like a tournament and then if it's before the season and then it has nothing to do with the you know post season coming out of the you know the regular going into the playoffs then it wouldn't matter as much and it would be you know kind of less weighted i love that idea that it gives Mm -hmm. you a spot in so that every team really does have something to fight for but for as a fan it makes you want to care about it even more as well Yep. Even though I care about every single game CFC plays in, <laughs> it's just nice to have that added value. Yeah, we're still we're still upset about the Bobcats match. <laughs> Join the group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about the summer, we had this past summer we had the Independent Cup. Um, will we see a repeat of that mm-hmm. this year? Yes. Um, luckily or unfortunately, I don't know. I'm on that committee for the open <laughs> for the not the open cup i'm definitely not, <laughs> definitely not on that committee i don't speak, want to talk about the open speak, cup yeah, i don't either speak of four where's letter, our trophy speaking of four letter words um <laughs> ussoc no um yeah the independent couple come back i think it'll have a similar feel i do think you're going to see uh regions kind of unified in terms of the makeup how many clubs are in those regions and you know what does the format look like timing it's going to be more unified because we're 
in a little bit more of a structured place with, you know, the pandemic and when the season starts in the fall and all those things. So expect the month of July to be heavy for that. Um, and I'm looking forward to it because I do think, you know, as as the club that we are, we have a duty and an obligation to be in that tournament and to not just play all of our games at home. And that goes against some thinking that maybe some others in our league had. But I think we need to go to, you know, the amateur club and, you know, and prove our worth and, and bring the show on the road and show what's possible if you really can get a community behind you and get a vision yeah. behind you. So I'm looking forward to the Independent Cup. It's quickly become, you know, it's it's become something pretty special, and I think it can grow, and this will be a, a good year for it. And then I'm interested to see where it can go in the future. You lightly mentioned format. Do you know any details of the format? The spe- I have a specific question, <laughs> if you can say. Or do we need to wait um, until the I probably can't say, but you can ask. Um, <laughs> essentially, so each section or each group won their group and then it was over is there any is there anything past that to where maybe then the groups will play each other and that'll that'll come out to an ultimate winner of the independent cup not just the region that they played in i can't say but i would think long term that has to be a goal yeah yep cool great answer you know what i just thought of speaking of cups what why didn't we call the spring tournament the nisa challenge cup the name's just sitting there. It's been used once. I don't know. Tell me. Tell me your thought process behind that one. I mean, you need a stupid name for it, like the Challenge Cup. I mean, if it's your idea, it is a stupid name. <laughs> hey, uh, okay. All right. All right. I'm just uh, saying, like, man. they've got a, I mean, like, maybe that's more of a, like, a Community Shield type event. Eventually, you get the, the winner of the Independent Cup and the winner of the, mm-hmm. the most, like, the most recent season. Maybe we're holding out for that sponsor, like Budweiser, who didn't drop... A million on the commercial. Maybe they'll sponsor it. Maybe that's I part mean, of their COVID relief. Charity to lower level soccer. That, yeah. seems, that seems a bit much. Yeah, it does. But it does seem like something we would say on the Section 109 podcast. Absolutely. Um, are there any local rival, rivals on the horizon, whether it may be in the Independent Cup? Yeah, or speaking that you were on areas. the expansion call not too long ago. The expansion call. Yeah. For those who we're don't. We're all staring very intently right now. Well, I can feel it. Um, <laughs> I mean... I said it before and then that um, the amount of interest that's coming into this league is, has been tremendous. And I, I don't, I did not have that feeling last year, a year ago at this time. I think that um, the makeup and the model and how flexible our league has been in terms of allowing clubs to find their way to make it work on and off the field um, has led to some people taking some, some really hard looks. And I have a call tomorrow with a group that's looking at coming in the league that's Localish, I would say they're not around the corner, but they're definitely within a, a drivable uh, trip for our fans and supporters. So, yes, there are some things um, happening that way, and I think um, the future is really strong. Now we got to push it over the line, and sometimes this league hasn't done a great job of that with a few things. And I think it's a fair criticism. Um, and but you know, I also think what really is occurring now is the clubs are becoming, you know, more influential in some of these things happening and. Or trying to drive it a little bit, but yeah, um, there's definitely interest, you know, within within this region as as long as you're looking willing to look a little bit further than maybe the state of Tennessee or, <laughs> or Georgia. But um, yeah, there's there's growth in this area. Okay, that's, I've got that's I've, cool to hear you say that you're going to be on a call. Who is it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, man? Uh, no, I, I've just got like one more question about it, and it's less about the the spring 
a season in the independent in the independent cup and stuff like that. But like looking looking forward to you know we're we're technically completing the 2020 21 for 2021 season. No, we are completing. We're not yes. technically. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's a that's a good point. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh <laughs> but and and obviously like some things have been altered because of COVID and and the formatting is a little bit weird. Is there what kind of right now cuz this obviously will probably change. Uh but right now what does Nisa's like long-term vision for how the league should be structured in terms of a regular season playoffs afterwards. Are there playoffs? Is it it more of like a, like a free flow and table? Uh, I mean, I I assume those conversations are happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those discussions and conversations are happening. I mean, I think, uh, look in my, in my past life, I was in similar conversations at the USL level. I mean, there were conversations of everybody makes the playoffs, except sometimes <laughs> exactly. you guys, yeah. <laughs> but from different conferences, <laughs> different as I conferences heard. and you go, um, but there were, you know, things grow and evolve. And I think, where does this league want to be? I think it wants to stay true to, to what it believes in and, and, and how it sees things fitting. There's obviously some not concerns, but questions like, do you play more games in the fall? Do you play fewer in the spring? What about the winter break? What about the summer? I mean, there's, Things that still have to get sorted out, but I think, you know, to answer your question, what does the fall look like? It looks like a more traditional season, home and away. I think it'll be a, a heavy amount of games, I would say, because I think there's a general consensus in society that August through November is going to look much different, hopefully, in our world, um, you know, than it, than it does. You know, Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. Hey, April, you know, April through June. So I do think the fall will be will be heavier. Um, you know, where does it, where does it, Where's the end game? I don't have that answer, but I would say we got a group of people, especially now with Peter Wilt in the room, and you know Mark Washoe from the Rochester group, and you know really impressed with uh, with Joe out at Kelly United, um, who has spent time in Vancouver. There's a lot of people in the room that are willing to, you know, have difficult conversations and poke and prod and look at things like, what does a format need to look like? Do we need to have two separate seasons and look at some of the things that happens in some of the Central American leagues and you know how they set things up and you know, this, th- there's a lot of interest around this, um, tournament, you know, challenge, we're going to call it the Caniglio challenge <laughs> cup. Um, please don't do that. Okay. <laughs> the Canigli cup. There we go. Um, please don't do that. There's <laughs> a lot of interest on, you know, is, is that a format that maybe make, makes sense for our league? I, I don't know. Those are, you know, um, those are questions that we have to keep kicking the can down the road and see what it looks like. But, you know, I, I do think that um, it's going to continue to evolve is probably the best answer. I don't think we're at a set spot yet. And that provides, has challenges. Do what's best for the, the league yep. and the clubs within it. Yep. So to pivot a little bit, thinking about... J- just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about money. So. By the way, every time, Matt, you say playoffs, I can only hear... Playoffs? playoffs. Yeah. That's the only thing I can hear. You only p- did it... P- p- playoffs? I'm just proud that you only did it once on the video podcast. Yeah. You got your one in. And it's you all, all I needed to do. Because every time somebody said playoffs, I fully expected you to do that. <laughs> I, try to, I try to rein it in sometimes. And if you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. I just hope we can win a game. So, Jeremy... How challenging has it been to grow, acquire new, and keep the corporate partners that we have during the pandemic? See, we're talking about business, not about coaches. And That's why you're here. Yeah. So you're on your second <laughs> business. Year, so. business. Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the hard part, right? No, I think um, the corporate partnership side of the of the club continues to 
you know, move strong and move strongly. I mean, it's, it's going well. I think the, the approach that we took when COVID hit was we dealt with everything. Like, look, we know there's some things that are in, you know, in your agreement that we're not going to be able to do because we're not going to have fans. We're not, we don't know when our next game is going to be, but we are here to, you know, help provide everything we possibly can to get value out of this for some of our smaller partners that meant continuing to, um, execute their agreements but not sending them an invoice within the next 90 days. For some of our bigger partners, it meant finding creative ways to um, you know, bring some value to their partnership with CFC. So what we have seen is a lot of our smaller businesses have stayed on, and a lot of our bigger businesses have stayed on, and some of the, the larger companies have increased their level of commitment to the club because I think of how much we worked and how hard our staff worked at finding different ways um, to bring assets and value to them during the pandemic. And I think the smaller partners, the small businesses, the mom and pop shops, which are mm-hmm. so important at lower level professional sports, they were appreciative of how creative we were and that we didn't come knocking, asking for the payment. And yeah. they were like, we were like, look, we're going to execute the agreement. If you're in a point where, you know, you can make the payment now, great. If it's later, great. If it's never, then, you know, hopefully you come back someday and your business is still around. So because of that approach, it's gone really well. It's had its challenges. You know, being able to show passion face-to-face is different than on a Zoom call, and I think mm-hmm. our club is a lot about passion. Yeah. And when you're telling our story, look, it's great that we play in big markets, that we're playing in Chicago, you know, eventually in Chicago, and I almost slipped. I almost gave you that one. In New York, <laughs> New York City. Hey, and, rewind that. You know, <laughs> write, write that California, down. <laughs> you know, California's, and I think that's great, but really, you know, that can only come across in a Zoom call or a PowerPoint to so much. I can um, edit that for $100 right now. So, you know, <laughs> I, said I almost slipped. I didn't. And um, you can... Uh, we may have gotten a quarter syllable. We can uh, figure it out. No. Roll the tape back. But, um, you know, so it, it's had its challenges, but we've had good growth. And we've picked up some new, you know, some new partners that I think will be exciting here for, um, you know, twenty, you know, 2021. We've, mm-hmm. you know, sports betting is now legal in the state of Tennessee. So Amen. Some, you know, some movement there. You can thank me for that. You know, I'm I just getting at it and work on that belt. <laughs> I won $250 off of the coin toss on the Super Bowl. Congrats. Fantastic. Yep. That was the only bet I did. Yeah. Wow. Good job. So, it was so 50-50, yeah, you know. It's, uh, you know, overall, it's it's been positive, but still a lot of work to do, still a lot of doors to knock on and, and get some conversations, but trending in a really good direction. Awesome. It's great news. So on the sports betting topic, any any chance of a Draft Kings uh, kit sponsorship? <laughs> <laughs> go go real Euro snob now. No, but uh, we 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 have a we have a partner. It's um, kind of out there if you look hard enough, but there'll be more details coming on that one. Sweet. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Matt, They're not you... on the jersey, but <laughs> okay. Say, so, Matt, what have you seen? Because I know you overanalyze everything. So I haven't seen anything. That's why I said, "Oh, really?" Okay. Like that was a, like an actual shock to it, really. There's a. I mean, it's out there, but there'll be a larger announcement coming. Cool. My uh, my favorite thing to wake up to every morning is Matthew sending a text saying, "So and so has followed CFC." <laughs> it's really good. It's That's a amazing. it's a handy way of of finding out. Uh, uh, if it's Instagram, who might be coming to open tryouts? Because mm-hmm. uh, that happens a lot. Uh, and sometimes for uh, for potential and sometimes probable player announcements. Awesome. That's all that I'm going to say. So, 
That was very side of the mic. So, I know. <laughs> I had like I had the, like a tickle in my throat, so I wasn't trying to clear my throat. We need the, jo- we need the Joe Rogan the cough time. button. Have you seen that? No. He, if you got a cough, you hit a button, you cough, it mutes your mic just while your finger's on the button, and then you let go and you're back to talking. We need we need it. I uh, Let's do highbrow. We need a sponsor. Well, I mean, <laughs> definitely for us. Um, so how do we get more grassroots growth for 2020 so matt and i were having a really good conversation the other day or actually it was just last night um (laughs) so a couple of the ideas that we were talking about like literally can we paint main street blue um or can we get cfc merch on every server in you know every restaurant and bar on main street for game days just different things like that like I mean, like, and how do we how do we accomplish some of those some of those types of like out of the box? We're not going to go spend, you know, presidential campaign money, you know, pouring over the ad, you know, the advertising, mm-hmm. like you know, TV network or whatever. Uh, but like, how do we how do we use like some real grassroots advertising in a pandemic, still, uh, to be able to to get people more and more excited for the for the season? I think, um, well, the first thing to, to put out there is our people don't live on their TVs, you know, so spending money on TV advertising doesn't make sense because that's not where I think CFC and, and, you know, lower level professional soccer fans live. I've told Matthew that like a hundred times he still doesn't listen. <laughs> I'd love, I, I mean, it was a different, it was literally a decade like, ago. Why isn't there an ad in the newspaper about this? We're really <laughs> missing an opportunity here. <laughs> it was, I never said that. <laughs> But what I did, what I did appreciate, and this is partly like old days CFC, <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, is anytime there was a any type of game on, maybe in, in like you know ten years ago there was not a ton of soccer on TV, but like before, during, after every game, uh, if we had something coming up that week, there would be a, an ad, like a fifteen second ad for a C- mm-hmm. for the upcoming CFC game. Yeah, I like, got that so hyped cool. for those. Those are the only commercials where I'm like, can we rewind that? Yeah. <laughs> And I, and I think it was I think it was there uh, for some of the early parts of NBC's uh, contract with the with the EPL. Yeah. But, um, you know, how do we consume our information has obviously changed, and, and there'll be some cool. of that traditional. But I do think there there is an effort within the front office to get back to some of the guerrilla marketing grassroots you know type of stuff. Yeah. Nothing gets you ready for that more than a, a campaign. And whether it was a presidential campaign <laughs> in, in in the fall or the mayoral campaign that we're going now, I mean, you can't drive down any cul-de-sac and not see 37 different signs hanging up. So painting Main Street blue, love it. Um, stuff with servers. There is one that's coming out that's really really cool. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it here. I think it's. Um, wow, we did, not, we did not expect this news. Yeah. I wish I had the insert exciting drop here. Yeah, look, one of the things I think that we have to be honest about, and we've had this conversation, you know, outside of podcast with us and, and, and Breezy, is you know, uh, fan and supporter fatigue. I think for CFC is real, and I think we need just like we need to talk about it, and we need to be honest about it. That you know. 2018, everything that went down, 2019, and then into a pandemic, it's real. And mm-hmm. now we, there's, it's, it's out there. So one of the things that we're going to be doing is, um, you know, we have our 2021 scarf that's coming out. And then we're going to have an alternative or an alternate scarf 
that um, one of the Always Forward campaign that came up with by Sean Burney, it's, just, it's really good. It's got a lot of background to it. No matter what was great, we didn't know it was going to be. <laughs> we didn't know it was be that important. Be that important. <laughs> but I do think Always Forward, you know, in terms of where we are and where we're going, you know, uh, there's going to be, there's an ad out at uh, the airport. It's, you know, Always always Forward, Always CHA, which is the, you know, initials for Chattanooga for the airport there. Mm-hmm. So it's got a lot of things to it. One of the things is, so the alternate scarf is going to have some flavors of pink in it, which I did not know this. Um, I just but, got chills. Yep. Is that pink is an alternate color that is in our brand guide for some things. So one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to blanket the community with um, our street team, with our players and our staff and our supporters. And if somebody's been to a CFC game in 2018, maybe they came to the final in 2016 and they haven't been since, mm-hmm. are you willing to make a pinky promise? That you oh, are look at that. Going, oh. going to come to come back to CFC. Because look, 2019 was a bitch for a lot of people with everything that went down. 2020 with the pandemic. It it's been a couple of difficult years. And there's a ton of people that, you know, have stayed and are loyal. And there's a lot of people that still love this club. And then maybe they just for whatever reason, life has taken them down a different course or different path. You know, kids married, new job, moved, whatever. But you can't buy this scarf. You only get it if you promise to come out and support your club in, in in 2021 and it's going to be it's going to be a little bit different so we're going to litter those all over um you know all over our city because it is our city and Uh it's going to be um you know it has been painted blue and it will be painted blue so there's a lot of things like that that we're going to do to try to reinvigorate have some fun we know that there's concerns about the pandemic and still people that aren't comfortable we get that so can we create some ways for those people also to continue to show their support but for those for those that came to a game in the fall or feel comfortable coming to, you know, a 20,000 seat stadium with, you know, three to 5,000 people. Can mm-hmm. we reinvigorate them with some different things? So we have to change up our strategy. Not that our strategy was wrong, um, but we're in a different time now in terms of some things. So we're not going to get them all right. We're going to make some bumps. We're going to, um, you know, make some mistakes, but we're going to attack some things differently and kind of go back to our roots of w- how we were built and you know why we're still here and, and what we stand for, and I think I think we can accomplish that. When you see that giant pink spray paint stenciled CFC logo that's like thirty feet tall on the side of the aquarium, it wasn't me and Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> I will note that, that CFC wore, uh, and you can you can hear this on our Paul Rustin podcast. Uh, CFC wore an actual pink kit mm-hmm. uh, in like two thousand and twelve, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Um, it it happened. So I do want to backtrack for a second because whenever you dropped your pinky promise pun, um, Matthew sat up straight in his chair. So if you guys have watched our goal podcast, it was the exact same as Sindre's reaction to Danny Whitehall's goal. He just stood straight up. <laughs> he was so happy. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. So we got a we got a thing outside the box, and this club's always done that. And um, I think if if we can do that, I think we can return Finley to what it's been and, and really have some fun, which I think we all need in 21. I can totally agree. And I, I know I don't speak for everybody, but I definitely will be at the clubs. And I know that if you come up with some ways for supporters to support without mm-hmm. being able to go, the cool thing is, is they're going to freaking do it. Yeah. Just like last season, how we had the the virtual tickets. Yep. And that was, that was awesome. Shout out, yep. shout out Nick, Nick. Lestine. Yeah. Yep. Shout, shout out Nick, dude. Yep. That's, that's a true, supporter right there knowing that he, he doesn't want to go he can't make it but he still wants to support the club like shout out dude big time mm-hmm. yep, for yeah sure. that's amazing so let's let's pivot to uh what i'm calling a bonus round Uh oh 
a uh, bunch of different questions, but kind of all over the place. Didn't have, they didn't really fit any, um, any real category, but they're going to get the miscellaneous category here. And, and you'd mentioned, uh, camp, why I mentioned campaigns and you mentioned the mayoral campaign. Uh, our club chairman is running for mayor. Yeah. He uh, is. and early voting, by the way, is already underway. If you live in the city of Chattanooga. So, uh, which I do not. Well, so I can't vote. Su- sucks for you, but I would vote for who you're about to talk about. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to as well. Um, but I, I think that, I mean, like that's a, that's a potential event, a potential outcome. Should, should Tim Kelly win the mayor's race? I mean, he's pledged, uh, publicly pledged to put his, all of his assets, everything he owns into a blind trust for the tenure of his mayoral, uh, tenure. What does that mean for CFC? You don't, I mean, you don't, you don't, I don't, I don't want you to say like, you know, I mean, obviously we'll have to have to have a new board chairman because you can't, you can't serve both of those roles. You don't have to say anything about who that might be or whatever, but like, that's obviously unless you want to, <laughs> but like <laughs> that's always an option. <laughs> that's going to be. I mean, that's going this to be is different. A free country and a free podcast. <laughs> like, like that's going to be different. No matter, no matter how it ends up happening, uh, what kind of, what kind of steps are we taking to kind of prepare for that? Um, it's a free country and a free podcast. No comment is also totally yep. acceptable. <laughs> no, I, there's nothing to hide from here. I think Tim's running a you know a very out front you know campaign and very active. I would say that, you know, a month ago or so, so the back half of of our office is where they're doing a lot of filming and podcast and, you know, um, there's another, another group back there that we do a lot of stuff with as well. And, you know, so he'll wander down the hall about once a week and, you know, poke the head in the office or whatever. And, and you doing all right? And he goes, no. (laughs) And I'm like, really? And he goes, ah, just running from one thing to the next. But you know, what you realize is just how, you know, truly how many people you don't know in this city, even though I know everybody. I'm like, you know, typical Tim kind of comment, right? And um, I think he's having a blast. I think he's going about it very differently than a typical political campaign. He's yep. doing it his way, and I think that's awesome. And I think, um, you know, we're very supportive of everything that he's, um, you know, chasing and, and what he's doing. What does it mean? And he's been very upfront. I mean, he was upfront with me in my interview back in October of 2019. He was up front. He's like, look, I'm. this is something I'm going to do. And it's not going to change anything about the club. It's not going to change what I stand for and what the people that are involved with this stand for. But I just want to be upfront. So he was very upfront with me about it because, you know, that's obviously it's that's an, a big thing to walk into. Yeah, it's an influential role in the club, and and he you know does a lot and has has done a lot, and I think will continue to do a lot. What does it look like for you know the future? I don't think there's any you know big changes because you know, even though he's a chairman, we're not a typical quote unquote American sports ownership group where there's one guy that has an agenda, whether it's real estate or valuation, or maybe he just loves his city, whatever it is, mm-hmm. we're not that way. So I don't think it's going to change a ton for us. Um, you know, but, um, we're looking forward to seeing how this kind of all, you know, shakes out and it'll, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting, but, um, you know, I know that he has this, he, and he said it and then he's not saying it for, for votes. But other than his kids, the things that he's most proud of is CFC. And, you know, I saw a video that hasn't been released public. I think it'll come out at some point about, you know, CFC. And the guy was welling up with tears in his eyes. And I'm almost getting choked up now just talking about it because you could see it, right? Yeah. 
in in um so it means a lot to him but i think you know that'll continue on and it'll just look a little bit different you know but things things change and things evolve and this is just another step you know for the club i think okay so on the topic of money um, <laughs> when can we expect an annual report for shareholders? Uh, spring. So I think um, SEC filing has a deadline. We were ahead of that deadline last year. We'll be ahead of it this year. Um, so we are you know, finishing out uh, the books for 2020. They look better than 2019, but they're still, Thank not, you. Hey still not where we want them to be. Um, but that will be out, I would say mid spring again, probably, Growing. About, probably about the same, you know, same time frame. Okay. Yep. So two more questions for you. Uh, let's, let's zoom out a little bit. 20,000, 30,000 feet. What do you think maybe, and just pick maybe two or three things for, for each of these, each of these categories. What do you think went really, really well for CFC in 2020? And then take the other side. What, what, like I, you're not allowed to say the pandemic, but what went poorly for CFC also in in 2020, in in your opinion? Something some things that we might need to improve on. Yeah, I think. Um, so they said this was a fun round. This is a bonus. This is, truly is a bonus round. So let's go. <laughs> uh, what went right? We made the necessary business decisions to get through a pandemic without killing our culture. And I think that that was important. That was some advice that was given to me both internally and externally. I was like, look, make the changes that you need to, to make sure your club is around, but don't kill um, the culture of what's been built. So that, that would be the thing that went right. And that's not a me that's from, that's from the board of directors and ownership group into the front office. But that was some advice that was given to me and we were able to execute. So that'd be the first thing that went right. The second thing, and I didn't give enough credit to it when it got popped up on the video board, but was the Eastern Conference champions. That went right because even, Holy though, crap, yeah, it did. even though it was just four Preach. games, um, even though it was just four games and I kind of poo-pooed it, you know, because it was just four <laughs> games, but we won We won what was put in front of us and we mm-hmm. won the Independent Cup as well. I was probably more excited about the Independent Cup than I was the, you know, the quote-unquote regular season or whatever you want to call it and... Um, You're just really hungry for soccer. Uh, yes, and I was hungry to see the team that the guys had put together. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think from doing that and then getting into, uh, and you said two or three, so here be the third one, <laughs> getting to the semifinals with, um, you know, the adversity that we had to deal with in in the uh, in the bubble tournament. Th- those for me would be the three things. All right. What about on the on the other side? Um, one is a personal thing. Is that I'm a very um, Look, I'm not on Twitter, and um, I'm so that maybe makes me not accessible in today's world. But I'm a very accessible person, and I have um, probably that has been partly that is partly blamed the pandemic, but also not because I could find some other ways. But I haven't been able to have conversations with supporters um, that I really enjoy, and that was a big part of my role in St. Louis, and it was a big part that I. Maybe one of the things I did right there, maybe I did a lot of things wrong, but one of the good things I did right <laughs> is that, you know, there's still very influential and very important people that have done a crap ton of work for this club and built this club that I haven't connected with yet. Some of them aren't comfortable meeting me outside at, you know, a beer garden for a beer, uh, but they are in a Zoom and, you know, I should have, you know, reached out to have those conversations. I use the podcast and I use certain other avenues to help get out information and to connect with people. 
But most of that is done at a pregame tailgate after a bad loss, after a good win, and those didn't happen. And that's mm-hmm. that's on me because maybe and, and I'm not going to go on Twitter. I can promise you that. <laughs> but I am accessible, and you know I am you know willing to have people reach out and have conversations. But that's so that's not so much in the club. That's on me because there's a lot of good people here that have done, like I said, a lot for this club, and I just haven't had a, a way to connect with them, and that sucks. And that um, you know we got to figure. I have to figure that out. And I think, you know, as a club, we have to figure that out. The other thing that went wrong, I would say, um, not that there wasn't a lot of things, but, you know, I would say the other piece is, you know, we navigated, you know, with the technical staff through some of the roster components and changes that we had to do. But, you know, we probably made some decisions, um, in the off season that should have been dealt with a little bit differently. I think they were done for the right reasons. And I think we had the best intentions, but I think in terms of building out, um, a roster, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And as a new guy coming in saying, Hey, what about this? What about that? At some point you have to step back and let some things get figured out. And I think we did that, but maybe I should have been a little bit more like, Hey, if you, you know, if we consider this, on the roster side, if we consider this on the technical side, um, you know, so we had some bumps along the way because maybe I didn't poke and prod enough. And that's kind of my role, right? I'm not the guy selecting players. I'm the mm-hmm. guy sorting out um, depth charts and all that, but I have to poke and prod. And there were some things that I probably should have, you know, had a little bit of a heavier, you know, influence or hand on that maybe could have, you know, helped us with some things. But that being said, we made great adjustments and no complaints from the staff. They got everything figured out. But I kind of knew some things, and I kind of took a back seat, and maybe I shouldn't have. But in the end, it worked out, and we were able to make some things. But I think—I mean, I think the results bared bared it out at the end. Yeah, but what could it have been is the other thing, right? Mm-hmm. Could have—I love that mentality. Could have yeah. looked could have looked different, and um, you know, that's on me. Not only obviously I, after our year in podcast, I really appreciate. No, I can. I completely disagree with everything you said on the things. That's fine. You absolutely can, but I appreciate so, it. So that's no, um, but yeah, we, um, you know, it's one of the challenges when you come into a new environment. But couldn't be happier with the the people that I get to work with, you know, day in day out, and you know, looking forward to. I'm not going to say normal, but when, yeah, when, when things get back, whatever, At, whatever that is. Yep. As unofficial media members, I think I can speak for all of us that. We really enjoy your. You mean unofficial media members because you have passes and you got to go to games that other people didn't go to. So I don't want to hear it. I need to renew my pass as media members. (laughs) Owen, hit me up. I'm still bitter. (laughs) Rightfully Um, so. (laughs) No, I I think we we really enjoy your honesty. The way you come on the podcast, the way you want to talk to people. I think those are great. The the, what you said in a year of cop outs. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You could have said. 10 different things and you could have kept it, played it safe, but it, we love your honesty and how like open you are with everything. That's why it's such an awesome time to get you to come on the podcast and like really hear because what you tell us is the truth and you don't really sugarcoat things and we don't really like bullshit and we don't get any of that from you. So I can say from us and from other, I, I guess other media members, if we're an official media people, um, media people, <laughs> yeah, media group of people. Um, we really appreciate that. That's, that's really big. I want to end with one more question and it's related to roster technical side. Uh, there was, you kind of like send this thing on, on the, on the up towards at the end 
Uh, there was a there was an article in the Athletic by Jeff Reuter, uh, mm-hmm. just maybe yesterday, um, in 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 recording time, uh, about how lower division transfers, mostly USL League One to USL Championship, have kind of dried up a little bit. There were a couple, you know, in the previous off season, um, all very very small. Um, but they had kind of dried up and he, and he went through a bunch of scenarios. You know, MLS is not really, you know, paying any money. I think Nashville was the exception last off season, bringing a guy in from Charleston and, and just kind of going through the ecosystem of how, how things are set up here. Um, and, and I think that's, I think it was an interesting article because it, you know, it mentioned Nisa as a part of that ecosystem. Um, and and I remember, you know, like the Ray Lee transfer to Pittsburgh. Terms weren't disclosed on that. I'm not going to ask you for them straight up because uh, I know you won't say anything. Um, but like, where do you see? And and part of this is out of our hands. But where do you see CFC's role in in that ecosystem? Like, is it is it a part of our philosophy to to find players to try to get them on? Maybe not. It's just you know the one year one year option type deal. But if we if we can get them on, if we see, if we see someone that makes sense, get them to a multi year deal, you know, try to help them have their best best possible season they can, to be able to move them on for, I mean, the the, the terms in, in that article were frighteningly low, uh, for some of these transfers. But like, over time, especially as MLS gets some better credibility in in Europe and other places, do we, do you think that? Like that, that becomes like a worthwhile model to shoot for long term for for our club, especially being third division, no chance of promotion. Uh, well, speaking of mayor candidates, you got the wrong person on to talk about this. You should have Tim <laughs> on here and get all of his takes on this. Um, <laughs> no, I think um, it's not a cop out answer because I, you know, as Jay just said, I'm 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 not going to come in here and BS you, but. So MLS is what twenty five years? Is that right? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Sure, they just had their yeah, anniversary. They but, just did. Um, so they're still evolving. I think once they settle in and figure out what they want to be and who they are and how they're going to go about it, because they've been all over the place, right? They signed older European guys, and then all of a sudden it was younger guys. Or no, then it was you know um, bring back every U.S. national team kid yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. And then we went through MLS 2.5, which was homegrown, homegrown, homegrown. Now it's young South Americans. And now it's young central and South Americans. And now it's selling guys and getting them back. And, um, you know, players leave and they go to other countries and they realize, well, my life at Atlanta United didn't suck. I'll come back. And so that league is still evolving, which I think creates a lack of stability for player movement on, um, underneath it. And just articles, unbelievable. And Jeff is unbelievable. Um, you know, I mean, he's always treated me fair and I think has always represented, um, and reported, you know, truthfully and honestly. And I don't think he has, you know, a grind, you know, an ax to grind with anybody, you know, at certain things, but I, I enjoy speaking with him and having conversations. But I think, I think the one thing that they missed was until MLS gets sorted out and figures out who they are, then I think it's gonna be difficult for everybody beneath them to get some sort of structure in play. Because right now, I think it's kind of um, the flavor of the month in MLS. Yeah. It changes. Mm-hmm. So there's, man, there's a really good guy in Charleston, Nashville. Like, oh, crap, we'll pay for him. Nobody else does. Oh, did we do the wrong thing? We, did we mess up? We didn't sign this guy. So what should we do this? And it just changes. So I think once MLS kind of gets their shit figured out and figure out <laughs> what they want to be, I think it'll help 
USL and NISA and everybody else underneath it. Um, are we getting closer to that? I believe so. And I think the pandemic is helping because the business models of clubs have had to, I mean, we saw the thing, you know, how much money Barcelona has lost and yeah. mm-hmm. what Messi and all that stuff. So it's, it's starting to even out like it is everywhere else. And, um, it's becoming a little bit more sorted. So when that happens, I think CFC's place in that will um, be further defined. I think our league will be defined, will be more defined as a club. Part of our strategy, part of our structure is to provide an environment to move players on. I can tell you this year that everybody that signed with us, um, that has been addressed in their contracts, um, and it wasn't a year ago. Uh, again, learned some things, mm-hmm. did some things, um, went through the, the Ray Lee thing and a few others. Um, but I think it is part of us, and I think we have a community and a club culture, and I'm going to use that word again, and I know a lot of people do, but that can nurture and develop players for their next steps. And the one thing that you know that CFC has done in the last 12 months, and it hasn't been from a financial benefit other than one situation, but Jordan Dunson has moved on to the top league in Canada. Yep. Gabby Torres has moved on to a Division II club, yep. and Ray Lee has moved on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we we've and they weren't the first ones either, right? As an amateur club, correct. We, we tried, although we had mostly foreign players. Yeah. Like, yeah, we wanted them to to move on. But we have created this city and this club has created an environment where players can come in, get benefit, get opportunities, um, do TV interviews, um, play in front of fans. I mean, some of the ex- preseason. I'm surprised you haven't asked me about our preseason schedule and exhibition. So too late, guys. But some of the people, <laughs> there's the still mi- time. The, the microphones will turn off. <laughs> some too, of the so. um, some of the clubs that have reached out to us about games, they're doing so because they know even in a pandemic, there's going to be a couple thousand people there, and they want to play a preseason game. Yeah, right. With a real feel to it. So players and agents and other clubs will look to us for those similar opportunities. Like, look, you guys have done this, you've done that, you've had players move on. Um, so how can we fit into that ecosystem? I think, again, as that gets sorted out, then everything underneath it gets sorted out, and it evolves. But it is part of our plan. It's not cut and dry. Nobody in the U.S. has mastered it. I don't think we're going to master it. <laughs> but I think we can be uh, involved in in the transfer market, both here uh, domestically as well as um, you know outside of the U.S. I, I think we can do it. It's just going to continue to take some work and some changes. But... Um, you know, it's it it is part of what of who we want to be. Since you brought it up, I'm gonna then ask a follow up about, about preseason. Uh, so, what are what are some important dates uh, for for preseason? We have tryouts on the 21st of this month. Uh, when do when do when when do our like signed players arrive? When does preseason start? Uh, and if you can talk about any friendlies that are coming up. Whether, you know, maybe it's here, maybe they're just close scrimmages, whatever it is. What does a preseason look like leading into the spring tournament? One of the exciting things about this preseason is it'll be a real one. And credit again to Peter, who he just, he's not a whiner. And I've been mm-hmm. around so many coaches and not Anthony Pulis. So, you know, you can figure out the other one, Precky. Figure out the other one. Who was a whiner, but. Drop he's it. loud too. Yeah, I mean, but. Like you just, you know, he just, Peter just got on with it. And we said last year, look, you got a four week preseason and that's what it's going to look like. And he, okay, yep. All right. We'll go to Oakland and we'll figure it out with four weeks yep. of work. Um, so credit to him and shout and, out Fuller and yeah, for sure. And, and, and it starts with Bill and just like the mentality of just what they, how they go about their business. Right. So this year we have a, we'll have a full six week preseason, which if you do the math means first day on the field will be March 1st. So one of the reasons why the open trials uh, were pushed to February 21st is because medicals and everything else will start that week around the 24th. So if somebody does well, 
maybe they jet home, maybe they stay here because preseason will start, you know, less than six days. If Put them in a medical center exactly. right now. So they're into it. So, um, yeah, that week you'll start seeing guys uh, back around town. Uh, and then, you know, you'll see, you know, content about that on our social channels and everything there. March 1st will be the real thing in the field. And then ideally in a six-week preseason, you're going to want something like three to five games. Now, one of those games could be guys play 30 minutes each. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll look different. We always would like to have one game here where we can have fans. Yeah. And that is still on the books um, for that to happen during that time frame. So we're excited about what that game is going to look like. I think it'll it'll be intriguing for a lot of reasons. Um and then, um, you know, you want to travel a little bit. You want the guys to bond. You want to get away. You want to understand what it's like to wake up in a hotel and, you know, eat breakfast. Well, now you have to eat breakfast in your room because you can't eat out. <laughs> <in the day. laughs> yeah. And, you know, go play the game and all that. So you, you want all those experiences. And over six weeks, you can get that done. So, okay. Yep. So I assume we'll have a little bit more about that in the coming in the coming weeks. With all the leagues, all the leagues currently have different starting dates, so it's a massive challenge to put that together. But we're... Yeah, I'd say in the next couple of weeks we'll have a better, better, better picture idea. of that. Yep. Okay. So pushing back a little bit to the article and what we were talking about with like CFC's place in the ecosystem, for me as a fan, I really like, for, for me as a fan, I'd rather play the long game than the short game. So I'm really excited to see how yep. all of that plays out. For sure. Because I think the answer that you gave was really telling for where we want to be. Um, and I, I'm glad that as a fan... I get to experience something like that and watch something grow. Like that's really special to me. So, and I, that sucks for somebody who looks at next Saturday or the Saturday after constantly. And while I do love the season winning games and like that, I do like the long play as well. So I like your answer a lot. And I think part of the long play is, you know, when, at least for us, and I think it is for a lot of, you know, technical staffs, when they look at player recruitment, one of the things they look for is their track record. Are you a winner? Do you know how to compete? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just can't roll out a bunch of 18, 19 year old kids and, you know, 21 year old international guys from, you know, Guatemala and El Salvador and through our connection with Wolfsburg. We just can't roll them out there and suck, you know, because right. that's not going to help them. Yeah. And it definitely is what this club's about. So, um, but you do have to have a long term look. You're, you're 100% correct about that. But look, we, you know, we want to win. This club has won and you can do both. And I think there was another article, you know, with uh, what's his name, Wolinak from the Red Bulls too, you know, USL. And he was like, look, my job is to get these young kids um, mm-hmm. ready. And a big part of that is teaching them how to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's got a pretty good track record there. Yep. And yes. I think, um, <laughs> you know, there's there's different ways to go about it. But, um, you know, having having one eye focus on that piece and one eye on the other one, I think, uh, can be helpful. So lots of fun coming. It's awesome. So exciting. Uh, you guys have anything else for for Jeremy? I've exhausted my list. I think we, I mean think, Smitty, I won't speak for it. you, but I think we're good, man. No, thank you for coming. Yeah, yeah, really appreciate it. It's been fantastic. No, and just so you know, I appreciate the just honesty and lack of BS as well. And you know, we got into it on the, on the women's team and tough questions about Nisa. And look, we're gonna have any rivals because you know the other thing that sucks for you guys is not being able to to drive two and a half hours on the road and yeah. watch your team play in a, in a, in a pro game, go and watch them play in an independent cup game. It's different. And I get that frustration and just getting those questions out there is what this needs to be about. And, um, appreciate the chance to get on here. Hope we'll, For sure. hope we'll have, have some good news on, on those kind of fronts soon, very soon, preferably like, you know, 
as soon as possible. <laughs> yep. ASAP. Well, cool. Um, I think we'll do our normal goodbyes. I yeah. know, Jeremy, you said you're not on any social media. Correct. But fans can come see you at 1826 Reggie White Boulevard. Get your What? That's Finley Stadium's. Yeah, um, on game oh, day. Oh, okay. yeah. like, I was going to say, come put your ass in a seat and come watch <laughs> okay, a game. Okay, That's okay. how you can connect with Jeremy. I see it. I see Jeremy's it. always walking around. There you go. Yeah, that's good. I see what Look you're doing now. There's some gorilla marketing. I was thinking, come by the office, 1307 Carter, throw a mask on. You'll be able to find it as a big Tim Kelly from Marisite. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. 100%. And uh, when you walk in the front door, you'll see our autograph wall, which is one of the things that is another initiative of 21, is we want eventually every CFC alumni to autograph that wall. Oh, so, sweet. That would um, be awesome. We're making some progress with some, you know, former, former, former players <laughs> that have been able to come by and do it. But yeah, stop by the office, bang on the door. We'll uh, we'll hang out and chat. Smitty, what about if people want to find you? I am on Instagram at a Smitty knows. Coniglio. I am on Instagram at I am Coniglio, and I'm on Twitter at Whiskey is Fine. And me, producer Jay, I'm on Instagram at Letter J, and I am on Twitter at Section 109 Pod. Feel free to tweet us. Remember to go watch our YouTube Top CFC Goal Special, and we'll see you on the next one. See you.